All right, welcome to the first episode of On the Yard. I am your host, Xavier, and this is Chad Kosky. What up, everybody? So today we're going to be talking about uh, how we use intent data here at Televerde in combination with LinkedIn to produce revenue. Um, so this is something that we've been piloting for ourselves internally and taking um, in account, you know, some numbers and kind of uh, adjusting our campaigns and how we do things here at Televerde to drive more demand for our internal sales team. So to give you a little bit of background, um, here at Televerde, I run our demand gen team. We're responsible for driving um, qualified leads and pipeline to um, our sales team here at Televerde. So um, what we pioneer, what we learn here at Televerde is also what we apply to our clients. So we, we kind of want to be our own best case study, eat at our own restaurant, drink our own champagne, whatever you want to call it. That is my job here at Televerde, and I'll turn it over to Chad. My role here is a product marketing manager, so I'm in charge of really understanding the market, understanding the kind of message into market. I also work with a couple of great incarcerated ladies on the inside to generate most of our content. So intent data for me is is actually something that is uh, fairly new. However, I've really learned the way that it can inform a lot of insights in terms of you know getting a message out there and kind of understanding at a high level what's trending uh, with your target market and then creating the content that kind of goes more in depth or kind of does it one better or, you know, really just dives into, you know, the, the kind of trending topics that your audience, you know, cares about. Because at the end of the day, to build a connection with people, to build, you know, something that's authentic, you have to be talking about what they care about. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we're still trying to figure out what the format of this podcast will be. We want it to be kind of conversational and to apply, you know, some of the learnings that we have here at Televerde um, so that you, you can apply it in your own business, whether you're in demand gen or you're in sales or uh, who, whatever your role is at your company. You can take some of the things that we are pioneering here at Televerde and apply them to drive more demand and drive more revenue for your business. Apologize for my voice. I've been sick all week, so I have some lemon tea here. I know we've missed you. Yeah, it's been good. Um but, you know, NyQuil naps are the best. So, you know, uh, their commercials are definitely spot on. It's the best sleep you've ever had with a cold for sure. You mean it doesn't help you get your Z's anymore? No, no, huh. no, no more. It's uh, best night, best sleep you've ever had with a uh, with a cold, I think, is their slogan hmm. now. So got it. It's good branding because it, it's spot on. So, all right, let's jump into today's topic. So first thing we want to talk about is intent. Um, so when we think about intent, there's a few different types of intent. There is first-party intent mm -hmm. and there is third-party intent. The intent that we're going to be talking about today is third-party intent. So there's tons of different intent providers out there. There's Sixth Sense. There's Bombora. There is um, what's the other the name of the other one? Everstring, I believe, is one. Everstring. There's one that starts with an M. Mintigo. Um, Mintigo. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So there's all these different types of intent providers. They provide it and surface it to you in a couple of different ways. But at the core of it, intent is uh, the same across all these platforms. We know based on all these research studies, serious decisions, demand gen report, whoever it is that's creating you know, all these different case studies and statistics on the industry, that majority of your buyer's journey is going to happen off of your own website. True. So I think the stat is like 72 or 76% or something up like that um, is, is the... Um, the percentage of the buyer's journey that happens before they actually visit your website. So the aim of intent data is to um, join those conversations or at least figure out when your target accounts are, are starting to look at those topics 
well before they visit your website. So platforms like Bombora and Mintigo have all of these agreements with publishers across the web that have you know, blog content or huge websites or their news websites to be able to put together some insights and some data on when your buyer goes to the website, how long they're spending on specific topics, what topics they're looking at, how many people at the account. And it's anonymized and then pushed back to people like us that pay for intent mm -hmm. to tell us when our accounts are surging or showing interest in a specific topic. Because you have to think about it too. Like these are people we're selling to at the end of the day, you know, and B2B, it, you know, it's not just, oh yeah, so there's a sales funnel and everybody has to kind of move through it. Uh, I worked for a great CEO once who said that, you know, nobody bought a pair of tennis shoes after, you know, reading a white paper that really you have to kind of mimic the way that, you know, when you're buying something in your personal life, you know, like a new pair of Jordans, anything like that, you're going to look around, you're going to kind of figure out what's hot, what people are saying about it and, you know, kind of make your choice and then kind of do research to, you know, kind of justify that choice. Uh, the thing with B2B too, is that there's, you know, obviously a lot of stakeholders that keeps getting more and more and more. And that's where it helps to have intent data and kind of the, the counts that are surging, so to speak, if you want to kind of get into that, uh, you know, it really helps to see who's out there, you know, and really just create more content around, you know, to start a conversation with these, you know, with these accounts, you know, when you kind of combine that with any insights you can gather, you can really, you know, get kind of personalized content out there fairly rapidly than I think, you know, with more traditional research-based method, methods that, you know, take a little more time. Yeah, 100%. So well, one of the benefits of intent is not only just joining that conversation sooner, but also being able to see what types of conversations are being had at your target mm -hmm. accounts. Of course, the data is anonymized, so we still don't know who the particular people are, are at the account. It's not that creepy. Yeah, it's not that creepy. Like, we don't, we don't want to know the specifics of what they're browsing. We just care that, hey, this company is researching a topic that we care about. So the reason why that's important is because not only do we know that they're researching that topic and how much they're researching it based on what their search score or whatever your provider gives you back in terms of you know how they're engaging with the content, but it also allows us to personalize um, the content that we're creating, the messaging that we're using, the types of content that we create, because we're moving to a place now where majority of buyers expect their journey to be personalized based on them. When you go to Netflix, you expect that Netflix gives you the best recommendations based on your viewing habits. That's why they have the little percentage next to all the ones that says, this is a match to this. When you go to Spotify, it recommends music after a playlist mm -hmm. that you've listened to because everything is moving to a place where it's hyper-personalized. And in the B2B space, we've traditionally been a couple of years to even decades behind what the consumer market is doing and intent is helping us bridge that gap to make sure that our customer journeys are personalized based on the topics that we know our accounts are surging at. And the way that we do that is by putting those types of content in front of them and allowing them to then self-select on which types of content they want to use, which mediums they prefer, and how far down they want to binge the content. That's yep. why you start to hear this term of bingeable content um, pop up a lot more and more because the, the buyer's journey is no longer a static, I'm going to go watch your webinar and then I'm going to download your ebook and then I'm going to go to your white papers and your case studies and then pick up the phone and talk with someone in sales. It's, it's, a much, um, it's a much more complicated process now to where a buyer can get stopped at any part of the process or especially in B2B, most of the times the buying process isn't, hey, I attended your webinar, now I want to speak with your sales team. Um, and that was their Never first happens. touch. 
usually it's someone within their department or in their company that's researching, hey, we need to build more pipeline. Hey, you should go check out Televerde. I saw one of their webinars. Usually the people you're marketing to aren't the buyers. They're influencers at the company. So uh, by putting the content in front of that account gives you a better chance at influencing the buying unit more so than just the person. Totally. And there's an old, and I apologize for using this old cliche, but it does make sense here that you know, content is king, but intent really is kind of the power behind the throne that if you're looking to kind of make that binge worthy content, if you're looking to automate a lot of your sales cycle, you know, a lot of the education component, there's really, you know, no way around understanding at a very deep level, you know, what your customer is, you know, looking for and serving up, you know, content that brings clarity around those topics that, you know, there's a lot of buzz. There's, you know, there's always continuous buzz around personalization, this, that, and the other. And a lot of people I think approach that as, oh, I put a, you know, I put a token that inserts their name or inserts their company in an email, you kind of dust your hands off and you're good. You know, using intent data, you know, seeing, you know, what people are searching for, getting those insights, you know, gathering them, having a mechanism to kind of keep those together is really something that can, you know, bear a lot of fruit in your content strategy as well as, you know, like ever since coming here too and kind of operationalizing that, you know, it's, it's really made a difference from a lot of your more traditional, you know, buyer persona, you know, based, you know, content marketing efforts. Yeah, and we're no longer telling the market like, hey, this is what you should be researching about us. It's more of the market telling us, hey, this is what we care about. This is what we're researching. And then us creating content that's valuable and helpful for them to stand out in the crowded market that we exist in to be able to you know, attract them to want to do business with us. And the next piece that's really important about intent data, I know we keep you know going into all the different pieces of it, but it's really crucial to learn more about how intent works. But not only just using intent to figure out um, what types of content you should create or what topics of, of the content you should create or which accounts are surging. But we you can also utilize intent in your sales process. So we utilize intent to help us prioritize which accounts we should be engaging with. So our intent provider gives us a score of what they're surging on on these specific topics. And for us, we care about things like demand generation and account-based marketing. And if people are you know researching Televerde, those are topics that we care about. So if someone has a really high level of intent on those specific topics, we want our SDRs to prioritize their outreach to those people because they are probably in a buying cycle. Typically what happens when you don't have this type of data is you miss that buying window where you go to reach out and your SDR it could be three months after they started researching you and your topics and the SDR reaches out and they're like, hey, we already selected someone for this or we're no longer in marketing for that or in market for that. We've already found a provider or, hey, we just redid our budgets and we don't have budget for this. Most times you miss out on those windows by not having the, the prioritization there. And it's a combination thing. You don't just rely just on intent data for that prioritization, but is a big piece to help make sure that we get people in market at the moment that they need the services. Again, another level of personalization that intent gives you. So that's intent for, for um, sales prioritization. Now, we need to talk about how to take all this data that you get from your intent providers and all the different um, pieces that it gives you and how to actually apply it and operational, operationalize it. That's a word, That's right? a word, yep. Um, and how you can actually deploy. apply it. Yeah, how you can deploy it. So that's where marketing automation tools come as the bridge. So with most, in, most intent providers, you can either get a plug directly into your marketing automation tool, get a plug directly into your CRM, or at least get a spreadsheet of the intent um, topics and things that are going on. So that way you can utilize it. 
We prefer to use it um, with Markdown Automation or our CRM because it allows us to action the data much faster, but you have to have somewhere to bridge the gap. Intent data just in spreadsheets, while it's Not okay, there, yeah. yeah, you can't action that data as quickly as you need to. Having it in a marketing automation tool allows you to connect the dots. So one, you can prioritize, but also with a marketing automation tool, or if you have it in a CRM that is gathering, you know, is your central place of, of all of your data, um, having the intent data there allows you to combine intent data and your first party data, which we haven't talked about, Site which data, is yeah. things that are going on on your website, people downloading re, uh, yeah. resources, webinars, visiting website pages, and the combination of those two scores gives you a better idea of what's actually going on. Because uh, intent data is anonymized, you can say at the account level, they are surging at a 90 on this topic. And surging is, a, is the term that Bombora uses. So if your provider doesn't use surging or uses some type of score, um, just know that we may, that people have a high level of intent on it. So if they have a, a 90 on their, their surge score, and we see that a VP of sales has a 40 plus lead score, we know that that's probably the person that's researching demand generation across the web because they're engaging with our content. And when you combine those two elements too, you can really start to base your lead scoring around fit, engagement, and intent, which gives you, I think, a much better viewpoint into what people are doing, how much interest level they have, whether they're ready for a conversation, then just kind of have they downloaded X amount of white papers, have they viewed X amount of you know articles, which you know, a lot of people will come and kind of look through a lot of things and that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but if you base it around those three elements, you get a much clearer picture of the propensity to buy too. And really, you know, how much time and effort, you know, should be spent by your reps or by your SDRs in going after that account. Yeah, exactly. And we're all about making sure that we have the most effective team as possible and utilizing all of those pieces to figure out, okay, is this account a great fit for us? Do they have intent on the topics we care about? And do they have some level of engagement that, again, allows us to prioritize and make sure that we're reaching the right person at the right time, of course, with the right message. Totally. And we're doing it in a way by surfacing it through technology as we can do it more, much more efficiently. We no longer need hundreds of SDRs to action this data because now we have a smaller subset of data and we know who to reach out about what topics and when because we're utilizing intent. And we have it directly in our system so that way we surface that data to the SDRs as quickly as possible. So that's how you connect the dots from intent data um, to actually having it action by your sales team. I like to say that marketing can't exist without sales and vice versa. And it's in, important to when you're bringing on a technology like intent to make sure that it's actionable not only by the marketing team, but also by the sales team. Because if you can't take the actions that are happening on the demand gen or the marketing side and then translate that to activity for mm -hmm. sales, you're always going to miss the gap. We can't, as a marketer, I can't go out and qualify those leads for the sales team. I can only make sure that the demand is there and that the inbound leads are there and that the interest is there. So when our SDRs reach out, people are like, oh yeah, I know Televerde. I saw you guys' ads everywhere and I've been meaning to talk to you guys. If I, if I hear that from our SDRs, that means I know that our campaigns are working. That's ultimately what my goal is. It's our STR, the human touch, that it's their job to take it over the line and qualify it for sales. Yeah, because I mean, the, the thing about it too is if you can get a pipeline full of real buyers, you know, the sales almost close themselves, you know, and that kind of troika of, you know, fit, intent, and engagement, 
you know, really kind of lets you filter out some of the dead weight from your pipeline and, you know, get your reps focused on, you know, accounts with the propensity to buy, you know, fairly quickly as well. There's a good stat. I can't remember it. I'm not very good with numbers. That's why I write for a living. But essentially that, you know, there's a lot of research around this that shows that the reps to get there first generally end up winning the business. That if you can use this to get ahead of your competitors, to start a conversation uh, with an interested account, you know, long before, you know, maybe your competitors who are relying on a more, you know, traditional methods like we talked about that, you know, essentially if you can get there first, you know, start that conversation, even if they're not totally ready to buy, you know, vast majority, you know, I think it was like 72%, something along. We can, you know, link to that since I'm a little derelict in it, you know, that essentially, you know, you, you get there first and you have a much better shot at winning the business. Exactly. Yeah. And getting there first is, is definitely key. Um, and that's what we're going to talk about is the next piece. So the w- the way that we make sure that we join these conversations with, you know, companies that are showing intent on the topics that we care about is we utilize LinkedIn as our first touch platform. So we can utilize LinkedIn. Um, eventually, we'll be able to use Google AdWords. You could be using an ABM orchestration tool like Terminus or something like that that serves ads based on your intent topics. And the way that we do it is we take... Um, the companies or the accounts that are surging on the topics that we care about, again, surging is just showing a high level of intent um, on these specific topics. And we load those directly into LinkedIn is what's called matched audiences. So if you aren't using matched audiences right now in the B2B space, um, it's definitely a thing that will help give you a, a, a leg up in terms of targeting on, inside of LinkedIn advertising. Match audiences basically allows you to take a list of accounts or a list of contacts, load them into LinkedIn, so that way your targeting is only to those accounts that you uploaded. The match rate on it is, from what I've seen, has been really, really high. Um, usually it's 90 plus percent if you have the account name and account website. And what this means is you're no longer subject to the broad targeting options that LinkedIn gives you. Mm -hmm. If you have a subset of 20 or 40 accounts and you say, I only want to show advertising to these people, matched audiences gives you the ability to do that. And then you can filter out some of the window shoppers too. And again, get that pipeline built, you know, with real buyers, you know, and people with some genuine interest too, which is kind of the whole point of the exercise. Yeah. And I love LinkedIn because in addition to our matched audiences where we take the accounts, because again, we know that the, the intent data is anonymized. It doesn't tell us specific people at the account. I can then layer on LinkedIn's pretty, pretty well done employment targeting. So I can say, I only want people in sales and marketing roles that are above a director level um, in these certain locations. If we don't serve a certain location, then I can exclude those out from our ads. So the ads that we're serving are going to be in front of the most quality people. So again, going back to figuring out who your ideal customer profile is, this allows you to serve your ads directly to the people that you know are most likely to buy or influence a purchase for your business. And this changes for everyone. But for us, specifically using matched audiences with LinkedIn's targeting options, allows to make sure that when we run a campaign, we're only running to people that we care about. No longer are we going to be spending ads or spending our ad budget on a broad target where we could get anyone that comes in. We want to make sure that we're efficient with the dollars that we spend in, which is why we use LinkedIn as the first touch. And it helps you get to that buying committee as well, too, that even if you don't have, you know, super finite buyer personas, that you at least know you're looking for somebody at the director level or above in marketing or sales or really kind of hit the wide variety of titles versus, you know, honing in big time on kind of demographic data, which to me has always been a little bit dubious. Um, But, you know, that when you can really kind of get a good approach and, you know, kind of point the megaphone in the right direction, even if you're not getting super, super targeted, you still have, you know, uh, a 
much better shot at kind of getting your message out there in front of the right people and not hitting people in finance or, you know, maybe uh, different departments that you're not quite, you know, selling to, you could say. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we just narrow it down to the people that we want specifically. And and the, the benefit of using intent and the match audiences and the targeting that we get is we can make really personalized ads. Again, the whole purpose of using intent and all these different platforms is to personalize our buyer's journey for the people that we care about. So we can we use a content first approach. So all of our ads on these intent topics, we start with a content piece, typically a blog post or a resource that we deem worthy enough to spend money on. We show that to those contacts or those accounts in that, or I should say, we show that to the contacts within those target accounts um, that are showing intent on those topics. So for instance, if you are searching high on ABM, you'll probably see an ad from us um, with a blog post about ABM. And then from there, we start our retargeting options. So once you visited that blog post, will then retarget you with the next step of the funnel and more content for you to dive. And it's all going to be ABM specific. And if you start to divert out of that and say, hey, I want to learn about inside sales or demand gen, you'll probably get something that's a little bit more targeted for that personalization. Again, allowing you to binge in whichever direction you want, mm-hmm. but also making sure that the content that we're serving is personalized to you. And what we've seen as a result of that is, one, we, we, we're more efficient with our ad spend, but we have higher click-through rates than industry benchmarks. We have high, uh, lower cost per click than industry benchmarks um, because we're serving relevant ads. So we're able to drive highly qualified targeted traffic back to our website, and it converts much, much better than sending a broad campaign to people that you think are in market and maybe you're getting people in operations or people in procurement that aren't really the buyers at that point that you need to influence in terms of who the buying unit is. And it allows us to be most effective with our campaigns. And what that turns into is is obviously pipeline and revenue for the business. So that's about it. Um, we've covered you know intent all the way through operationalizing intent to running ads on LinkedIn. Again, we use sponsored content posts um, on LinkedIn as our first touch. There's a couple of different ways that you can run ads on LinkedIn. We'll probably do another episode or webinar on how we utilize LinkedIn advertising. Yeah, but like I think for today, we just want to keep it pretty high level. Um, intent was really the big piece of this episode, but we really appreciate you joining us. And, and that's it. Hey, this is Xavier, and this is the end of this episode of On The Yard. We appreciate you joining us. If you want to learn more about what we're doing here at Televerde, please join us at televerde.com slash webinars, where you can join a webinar we have upcoming or one that's on demand. If you are enjoying the podcast, we would appreciate it if you guys left us a review and subscribed. We only take six-star reviews, so please go down below, leave us a six-star review, let us know how you're enjoying the podcast, and we will catch you on the next episode of On The Yard. <laughs>